Welcome to another episode of Whiskey and Mash. week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. As always, I am Chris Pullman. And as always, I am Gloria Ackerman. <laughs> I thought I'd add that little... Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. This week we'll be talking about Season 6, Episode 3, Last Laugh, and Season 6, Episode 4, War of Nerves. Last Laugh. Uh, BJ has a friend, um, Leo Bardanero. Mm-hmm. And he is one of those guys, you know, a guy that is very, he thinks he's funny with all these practical jokes, mm-hmm. you know, the kind that hurt other people and are funny maybe in his head, but that's about it. So basically this episode is about um, the practical jokes that he decides to play on BJ and how they handle it. Um, Klinger is also a camel jockey, which we'll talk a little <laughs> bit more about. And um, Margaret needs to go to Tokyo. Those yeah. are the three main skits, unless you can think of something else. No. But I think those are the three things that this episode is about. Yeah. So, let's go for it. Last laugh. You, you want me to? Sure. No, I have absolutely nothing about this episode. Oh, it's going to be... Okay, I'll do all the talking. Okay, go for <laughs> it. Colonel Potter and Radar were filing in the office as the show began. <laughs> Just go for it. Go for it, um, yeah. let's see. So, BJ's buddy comes in and, like, BJ is forewarned that he's coming because the... Um, someone calls Colonel Potter. Do you know who it was that called him? Well, it was they Leo. The what? It, it was Leo. I know, but he said he was who? The like, Provo Marshal. Provo Marshal, yeah. yeah. I, didn't write it. I knew you would have written it down. Yeah. And said that um, he needed to investigate BJ because he is not a doctor. Mm-hmm. So BJ knew right away who it was and that it wasn't funny, but they came to arrest him. And You're getting a phone call. Yeah, well, that's mm-hmm. right. We'll just end that. Huh. I think it was Kate. Hi, Kate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they came to invest. Well, Colonel Potter thought they were coming to invest him, investigate him. Mm-hmm. And when BJ heard the name, he knew who it was. It was Joke. His friend Leo came, and he was going to introduce him to... Hawkeye and warned Hawkeye, forewarned him that this guy's a jokester. So, mm-hmm. you know, as he reaches out his hand to shake Hawkeye's hand, he looks for a, you know, the buzzer, which it didn't have. And mm-hmm. then he offers the boys a cigar. And of course, Hawkeye refuses because he knows a joke. And BJ actually takes one, but takes the one out of his mouth. And so he takes the newer cigar. Um, and of course, that cigar blows up. Yeah. So, the one that BJ took from his mouth, so he knew that BJ would take his cigar. So, the guy pre is a pre-planned joker. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. The, the MPs came in to take BJ because they said that he tore apart a hotel room. Uh-huh. And in the hotel room was a general... And his, um, I'm making air quotes here, secretary that he was giving notes to in the bathtub. (laughs) 
<laughs> and the, um, apparently BJ tore up this hotel, was running through the hallways naked, and just having a wild party, which of course, you know, Hawkeye was a little upset because he wasn't invited, but then BJ let him know that he wasn't invited either to yeah. his own party that he was having. Mm-hmm. You want to start getting in here yet? Well, you're doing a great job. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they did end up having to go to court with um, the MPs took BJ away and Colonel Potter and um, Hawkeye went with some proof that BJ was innocent. They went, but then BJ... Um, got the bill for it, but he's like, it's okay because I stole Leo's tr- um, plant or papers to get home. Which, mm-hmm. ha- when he came to visit, he said, that's okay, I'm going home. So BJ stole his papers to go home. And he said, um, so when he comes to get those, he can pay for the $580 that was the damages to the hotel, the bill that BJ had gotten. Um, as that was going on, Margaret really needed to get home. I mean, was stressing it. And she, as Colonel Potter and BJ and Hawkeye were gone, she was harassing um, poor Radar in a way that if you did Mm. nowadays, you would be arrested. Yeah. So, I mean... She kicked him in the butt. I mean, mm-hmm. like, that part right there can, you would lose your job so fast mm-hmm. if you did that to someone. Mm-hmm. But she was angry. She needed to get to see Donald. Margaret, you've stopped, you've got to stop getting drunk and punching our officers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except I don't think she was drunk. No, and this, and Radar wasn't an officer. Oh, no. no. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a pattern. It's a pattern. Oh, that's right, because she did that last... Okay. Yeah, two weeks ago, yeah. Takes me a little time, but I got it. (laughs) With the chopper pilot, the episode entitled Souvenirs. Oh, and she hit him right in the top. It's a good thing Donald isn't here. Because if (laughs) he were here, he would duck you. It was so funny. It's a good thing he's not here. Uh, So anyway, when... Colonel Potter and Hawkeye got everything squared away with BJ. The guy came back for his travel papers. Hawkeye gave them to him, but also sent him away in a truck that had no gas, so he knew he would be coming back again. BJ sent him away? Yes. Didn't I say that? I thought you said Hawkeye. BJ sent him away. Okay. Sorry. I I don't know for sure. All right. BJ sent him away with, gave him his travel papers. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Margaret got to go to Tokyo. Um, I'm trying to figure out why Radar was listening on the other's half. I have written down here, Radar, you were, lis- were you listening on the other phone? And he said, well, just a little. <laughs> when, when they're in the colonel's office before BJ gets taken away by the MPs for the whole hotel thing. Oh, yeah. Colonel Potter is giving... Uh, the brief synopsis from General Fox of why BJ is being arrested and Radar keeps adding little details. Yeah, and when um, they were at the office, you know, telling him why BJ wasn't at the hotel because he was in surgery from this time to this mm-hmm. time and they were partying mm-hmm. from there. And 
the general asked Colonel Potter, were you there? Did you witness this? And he said, no, that was just the young people. For what was that? Um, what was just for the young people? The parties that, well, because what, what Hawkeye and BJ were ha had surgery, and then they went back to their tent and were having a party. A, was it a sock wash? A sock wash. A sock wash. That's yeah. what you were trying to get to? Yes. I'm still trying to decide, is that like a joke? Or were they physically washing their socks? Yes. Yes. They were <laughs> really washing their socks. And probably having a little bit of a party as well. As, you know, with homemade hooch. Yeah. I mean, when they... I'm, I'm going to say both, because if they were having a barbecue near the latrine and set it on fire... Because remember, that happened, because that's something that Colonel Potter asked them about when he first got to MASH. Really set fire to the latrine? We were having a weenie know. roast near the latrine? We can't have fires in our tent. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, probably some hooch involved, but... Probably some... Well, everything yeah. they do kind of has hooch involved. Yeah. Yeah, which comes so. up in a, in a episode, Alcoholics Unanimous. Right. But... I was happy to see Margaret got to go see Donald because she came back a much calmer woman. <laughs> it never really says what the problem is that she needs to see Donald about, but... Well, no, but... It's implied, but it's not sad. No. Colonel, you've been away from Mrs. Mrs. Potter for a long time. Don't you have urges? Well, I don't yeah, take cold showers just because I like them. <laughs> Three well, times you know. a day. Yeah. So you know what. So she was taken care of. Um, <laughs> Klinger finally got his um, his ticket home. Well, but actually, Cur Colonel Potter brought back a discharge, discharge papers from, from HQ, and they were for Klinger's uh, camel. So that solved problem was solved because Klinger <laughs> finally got his discharge papers. But his, they were for his camel what? that you have to know if you were watching Klinger's walking around the whole time with his arm up holding his camel being pulled every which way he yeah. was feeding his camel and they don't eat meat so yeah. Um, yeah, yeah we learned that in the mess tent when he was going through with two trays <laughs> what was the camel's name I didn't write it down what was it Zabudababa? I don't Habibi Habibi okay yes. Habibi. Habibi the, the invisible Habibi camel, the camel. Yes. In fact, Father Mulcahy asked, is your camel there right now as they were going through the line? He's like, yeah, he's right here. So. <laughs> oh, dear. That's what I thought. <laughs> you know, Klinger, if you put half the effort into praying that you did on these getting out of the oh, army yeah. schemes, the war would be over. Okay. Well, I have my... wasn't a priest, I don't think. I have my pastor at home doing that, yeah. praying for me. Something like that, yeah. What, whatever he has at mm -hmm. home. Yeah. My spiritual leader. <laughs> yeah, I think it was pastor. Um, yeah, so we had a sock mm -hmm. wash. We had the... Um, every... Um, so. I, there weren't any, like, sicknesses or anything, like, in OR where anyone was hurt. Nope. Just the practical joker. Mm-hmm. Barton Arrow. And... Um, yeah, I think just 
one thing I think that technically BJ gets the bill from the hotel after he gives Leo the, the travel orders and then oh. sends him off in the Jeep. Because if you remember, the line he says to Hawkeye is, I'm not too worried. He's going to be back here <laughs> in about yeah, an hour. Yeah. And Hawkeye goes, what? How do you know? Well, because the only thing gassed up in that Jeep was us. <laughs> yes, on the way back from visit from getting BJ off, they opened a few bottles and um, mm -hmm. partook of them. Heavily. So they were pretty gassed. And it, it's funny, I like seeing Colonel Potter when he's had a few. He does such a good, like, drunk. <laughs> Margaret, you've convinced me. <laughs> Pack your bags. Give my love to Donald. You can head out to Tokyo anytime. <laughs> she kisses him. Thank you. <laughs> Did I, I fall down? Nope. Oh, that's what I thought. My I friends think... used to call me Stud. Why? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think Radar kissed him also. He was so happy that he let Margaret go. Yeah. Because Margaret was destroying his yeah. office. Well, I love when she comes into his office to make the call. Sorry, ma'am. No calls until, calls until 6, Colonel's orders. And she just goes, how would you like to be up to your knees in floor? <laughs> Sparky? 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. Ma'am, sir, whatever. <laughs> One of their generators is out, and they won't get another frequency until you know, whatever it was, seven o'clock. And she, why, why would I give so much? Files started flying, and I know that people nowadays have computers and things that so they mm. they really don't get this. But I had a job one time. That was my job, eight hours a day to sit and file papers, and there is nothing more boring or more tedious or more you get more little paper cuts on your fingers than filing i think i would rather work like in a junkyard or anything rather than filing papers for eight hours a day it's the longest days of your life yeah i had to do that at my dad's office um, file papers yeah he would get updates to the tax code that he had you know in binders and it, you'd have to go through and find file. the page and then Oh. Out in clothes, Ooh. go through, and most inane changes too. Like, you have to word, add the word the in, so that bleeds onto the next page, so four pages have to be replaced. And replaced. and uh, mm. Yeah, it's very tedious, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Hopefully, uh, he has a new system now. So. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, I do like the part where they are talking to Major General Fox. And they're going back and forth about, well, that can be faked, and duty logs can be faked, and signatures can be faked. Okay. Well, uh, Honeycut, you left in such a rush that you left your hat. Oh, that was, I, yes, that's right. How did the rest of that? So, Honeycut put the hat on, and it went right down over his eyes, over his ears, <laughs> to his chin. <laughs> so, apparently, Bardero's yeah, head yeah. is quite huge. Yeah. Hawkeye's comment. Yep, that's his hat. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was great. Um, and and too, just before that, when Hawkeye's making some comment to the general, the general points to his 
shoulders and goes, What do these say to you? His two stars. What Do you remember what Hawkeye mm -hmm. said? Always trust your car to a man with a star. Is that referenced to something? or? Let's see. Always trust your car to the man who wears the star. Oh, it came up? Yeah, right away, actually. Texaco Jingle. Um, From what year? <laughs> Curious. That's a good question, actually. Hey, look, last laugh. <laughs> it goes to the wiki. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, that just tells you how important Mash is. Yeah, that's that's lovely. It doesn't um, say what year though. Okay, there you go. An, ac an anachronism in this episode occurs when General Fox points to the star on the shoulder next Hawkeye. Asks Hawkeye, what do these mean to you? Hawkeye responds by quoting a famous Texaco advertisement. Rhyme, always trust your car to the man who wears a star. However, Texaco did not introduce this advertisement jingle until 1962. <laughs> nine years after the Korean War ended. But see... Hawkeye is just that intuitive, where he can he knows things that happen before they happen. Sure. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm yeah. just going for it. Yeah. No, we can we can go for that. Yeah. Um. Anything else? No, that's all. I have everything. It it was neat at the end. Um. With Margaret, when she gets back, the guy, the the doctors, BJ and Hawkeye, are ribbing her about you know this that and the other thing she's like i have to get going i have some things to rinse out and hawkeye says can you do mine and she just <laughs> some other time <laughs> and hawkeye so, do you remember what hawkeye said no boy margaret's no fun when donald's relaxed <laughs> but you do see that connection starting to form like where they have a little more back and forth right mm. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm fine. Just making sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Why? Do I Anything look else? like I'm not feeling okay? No, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Production code. Let's go to... <laughs> uh, some trivia from Wikipedia. Uh, Winchester does not appear in this episode. I didn't... Oh, yeah. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Uh, Major Houlihan tries to contact her husband in the, quote, Second Army in Tokyo. A goof is that the Second United States Army was a World War One and Two formation <laughs> and was not in Korea. Another goof is that BJ claims Bardanero played a practical joke at BJ's wedding and that they both gave up practical joking ten years ago, presumably after they both graduated from med school and after BJ's wedding. 1953 minus 10 equals 1943. Both BJ and Bardanero would have been drafted in World War II, yet Bardanero wears only Korean War medals on his dress jacket. A further plot hole is that in episode 4, uh, in episode, uh, season 4, episode 1, Welcome to Korea, BJ's age is given as 28, which means BJ went to medical school at 14 and graduated at 18. Um. That could be the twist. It. It's possible. Yeah, um, not know. likely. <laughs> just, just saying. I mean, people can go to college yeah. really young, but usually don't. Usually don't. So not socially, chan ready. yeah, chances are not good there. Um, let's see here. Guest cast. 
James Cromwell, who I love. He plays Zephram Cochran in a couple of Star Trek things. As Captain Leo Bardonero. Robert Carnes as General Fox. John Ashton as the arresting MP. He arrested BJ. Jennifer Davis was in the mess tent with Hawkeye. Mulcahy greets her as Jennifer. Lori Bates was in post-op. She actually had a line. She tells Hawkeye that the vitals of the patient... Uh, vital signs of the patient is still unstable and Gwen Farrell was in the mess tent production code was Y103 writers were Everett Greenbaum and Jim Fritzel director was Don Weiss and this originally aired October 4th 1977 wow okay okay last laugh yeah episode 6 or season 6 episode 4 War of Nerves um basically what happens is a new batch of wounded come in. Among them is Sidney Friedman, who was making a house call to a soldier online. And he got caught in shelling. So he ends up back at MASH with a bandage on his head, and tensions are running high at MASH. So Sidney agrees to see a few people on the side discreetly. Basically, uh, as far as we can tell, it's just the main cast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and in an attempt to try and kind of blow some steam off, what ends up happening is the camp puts together a bonfire and blows off steam that way. Uh, kind of the B plot is Sydney uh, continually coming and dealing with this soldier that he was going to see in the foxhole who hates. Sydney. He hates Sydney in a very visceral way. Every time he sees Sydney, it, it seems like he's a different person because he will be he, he will be joking and laughing with the doctors and then Sydney comes around and he is just spitting uh, bile at him. Just angry instantly and Sydney deals with that and at the end he, he uh, talks to Father Mulcahy which is a very interesting scene that we'll talk about. So, some details about the episode. Um, the one interesting thing that happens in this episode that we reference again in Goodbye, Farewell, and Amen, several seasons hence, is when Winchester touches his nose <laughs> in Hawara. Keeping in mind this is like his third episode... So it's right away, and we circle back to it at the end of the series, but he's about to operate, Margaret comes up to him and, you know, says, Major, will you please step out and scrub? Well, why should why I do... I? Yeah. I saw you touch your nose. You'll contaminate the field if you start surgery now. You have to go out and scrub. And they're having this argument, and finally Colonel Potter just chimes in and says, Winchester, go and do it. And so then that's the running thing between those two the whole episode is I touched my nose or you touched your, your nose, nose. I, I did not, not touch my nose. back and forth and uh, when they see Sydney this other thing that it seems like the showrunners were trying to set up between Margaret and Charles was kind of this lustful attraction but it yep. never really goes anywhere but they both talk about it in their speeches with Sydney. Yes, and I, I like Margaret's version. 
I, I bet you think that I'm infatuated with him. Well, let me set your mind at ease, Doctor. Money is far down my list of things that I find attractive. It's second, maybe third. third. <laughs> second. Second. <laughs> so there's that. Um, we see... Again, in post-op, Tom, the soldier, uh, Michael O'Keefe, who plays Tom, got his leg shot up uh, during this battle that Sydney was at, and he's joking with the doctors, and he seems in very good spirits, and they say, you know, don't go anywhere, and he says, well, if I'm not here, I've just gone dancing, and it's he's really... Positive. He offered to give him something from his father's hardware store. Yeah, if you're ever you're around here, I have this gift for you. Yeah, you know. I can I can hook you up with anything you need. So they were excited to go get Sydney and say, "Hey, you did a wonderful job with this kid." And they bring him in, and immediately Tom is just, "I hate you, doctor." And I, I like that you noticed, and once you pointed it out, I noticed that the lighting would change when mm -hmm. Sydney would be with him. I really. Like, yeah. Or else his face changed or something. Mm -hmm. There was a darkness to him. Mm -hmm. it, at least something subtle. You know, it mm -hmm. like keyed something in my brain where it's like, no, this is different. This is not. <laughs> this is not the Tom we were just seeing. This is something else. Okay. Um, Klinger. He goes to see Sydney, because he's worried that he's going crazy. Because he was dressed like a little girl, and he stole. Oh, Radar's, Radar's teddy bear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's after that, he comes in dressed in his normal clothes. And by that, I mean he's in a dress and a very smart, like, But not like top. a little girl no. or a spaceman or a, or a camo person. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he says, Sydney, I'm afraid that I'm going crazy. And Sydney just says, well, this is a novel approach. No, I'm serious. You know, I used to look at, uh, I think he says, like, Lana Turner. And think, what a great body. And now I look at a picture of a voluptuous woman, and I think, how can she wear a peasant blouse with those, shoes. I can't remember, like, those shoes. Dude, how could she wear those shoes with that outfit? Yeah. My palms get sweaty, because I start seeing that skirts are going longer in the back, and I just don't have the material. You know, Klinger, you're in the crazy business. It's just part of the job. And once you start looking at fashion, you do notice all that. Yeah, yeah. so and, good um, for him. Yeah, and I liked, Sydney said, well, why are you doing all this? Well, I guess it's because I don't want to die. And I don't want to be told where to stand when it happens to me. And I don't want to be told to do it to somebody else. Am I crazy, Doc? <laughs> Klinger, you're not crazy. You're a monument to hope in size 12 pumps. <laughs> I hope you get out someday, because there'll be a whole battalion of guys in high heels marching after you, which I thought was neat. Yeah, it didn't take a negative approach to it. Mm-hmm. And Radar was worried? What's he worried about? He was worried, uh, kind of the same thing. Uh, he went to talk to Sydney because supposedly Sydney told Klinger that holding a teddy bear made him crazy. He actually didn't. You know, he just, he asked Sydney, um, or he was talking to him about, I'm, this morning I feel real small. And he was dressed like a girl, a little girl, and he had the teddy bear. And then he said to Radar, 
Sydney even said that I'm crazy because I have a teddy bear. But Radar was really worried about this. And Sydney made some comment about, you're not crazy. Um, you know how many people think I Love Lucy is real? Um, just in reference to, you know, like, uh, do you think your teddy bear is real? No, of course not. And he's like, but I talk to it sometimes. Does well, it does talk? Does he answer? Of course not. <laughs> and um, and we know, all have our things yeah. that we talk to, and I, I, I think they are. And I think Sydney's point was, a lot of sane people think I Love Lucy is real, so you're fine. Which, by the way, I looked it up. I Love Lucy was on from 1951 to 1957, oh. so technically, they could have known about that. Considering that there were only a few networks at the time, probably would have. So that one, that one you I'll give him. Give him. That, okay. that one I'll give him. Okay, uh, he came in to talk to him. Well, now oh. before that happens, something that I think is important to get in there. Before Tom leaves, they're putting him on an ambulance to go to the evac hospital, and they get Sydney over there one more time. Well, because he was his nice self again, mm -hmm. and so he's all like, "Thank you, thank you. You know, you've done so much for me." And so, and he's like, "I need to talk to." S does he call him Sydney or does the, he doctor call him the doctor? Is, one more time. Well, the doctors say, you know, I bet if you asked, you that Sydney would ride down to Seoul with you. Well, okay, that's how. Well, it. sure, yeah. So they bring Sydney over, and Tom just gives it to him one last time. And, Gosh, um, in, in terrible way. Yeah. I've never been hurt so much in my life. And I'll never forgive you as long as I live. I, he actually said, Good I hate bye, you. Goodbye, doctor. And I hate you. Yeah. Those are very strong words. In yeah. my mind, I, that's yes. the worst thing you can say to someone. Yeah. I use hate very, very extremely sparingly. Me? Uh, I, because yes, it is I a very not strong to word. Use it. Right. Yeah. Um, and after the ambulance pulls away... Sydney says to the doctors, you know, maybe getting all that off his chest at me was the best thing for him. But then again, I'll never know. Which now, um, later that night, Mulcahy stops in to talk to Sydney. Sydney's like, well, you're the last person I expected to be here. And Mulcahy says, well, I have a friend who's feeling pretty low. Who is it? Well, it's you. And, he, and then he talks to him about how BJ and Hawkeye, when their patients leave, they can see that they're healed. Or, at least if they die, they're out, they're of, their, out of the picture. They're out of their misery. Right. But right. when Sydney loses a patient, he loses a mind. And the important part in this conversation is what Mulcahy says. Do you have that down? When I... Go ahead. Go no. Ahead. When I lose one, I have lost a soul. So here you have... Two people who I think are the only ones who can really relate to each other in this situation. Right. Because like Sydney says, when the doctors lose somebody, that's it. They They're know gone. it's done. If they save somebody, they know it. But these two guys, there's no concrete way of knowing. Mm -mm. Except if you know that they're okay. But you don't always know that. Right. You know, with like Tom. I'll never know if he's okay. And you just have to hope and do your best and hope that's good enough. Right. 
So, I, I thought that was a very poignant scene to have. And what's happening in the background during all of this? this that's the yeah. crazy part of the whole yeah. thing. So, go on. What's so, happening in the background? So, like, over the course of, I'm going to say, a day or two. Right. They have all these Chinese uniforms that are infested with, I'm guessing, lice. They said lice. Yeah. yeah. And they have to burn them. So, um, Zale? No, Rizzo? I think it was Zale. Zale? 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 Um, and somebody else. Igor. Wasn't it Igor? No. no it was not Igor. Oh, okay. It was some other random. Okay, just two random. GI. Okay. Yeah, and uh, they're making a. Yeah. They're building a pile of these Chinese uniforms to burn, and they're dousing them in gas, and then just before they light it. Um, they had other stuff that they Zemo had to Zale, take Well, Zale says, you know, if we threw that crate on here, make a really nice bonfire so they start piling all this stuff on there and pretty quickly the rest of the camp starts doing this too and it ends up this big huge bonfire it's um, really cool because i think people were grabbing things that annoyed them or things mm -hmm. that they needed to be gone out of their lives yeah colonel potter tries to stop it and sydney says you know they're not burning the whole camp down just very carefully selected pieces this might be the pressure valve that they need to blow off that steam. And so even Colonel Potter, after they light it, <laughs> gets in on it. He throws his desk onto so the cool. fire. Hawkeye and BJ throw something on. Radar throws his horn. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what Hawkeye and BJ throw on? I know what Sydney threw on. What did Hawkeye and BJ throw on? Their bed? No. Oh, yeah, a cot. Yeah, yes, because I Winchester goes, and how can you do that? Well, it's a not cot. worth anything. It has no intrinsic value to us. <laughs> and anyway. It's your cot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sydney throws his shirt and his pants on. Yeah, he started to strip. Like, okay, yeah. I, I'm just, mm -hmm. first his hat, he just flung it on. It was almost like, you know what? I'm going for it. Mm -hmm. And he just started undressing and throwing his clothes on. It mm -hmm. it was great. Yeah. Um. And then it, I think it's a very interesting thing that happens is while they're watching this bonfire burn, all of a sudden it gets very somber, and they start singing "Keep the Home Fires Burning," which is apparently a 1914. Uh, First World War British patriotic song, uh, and they basically sing the last verse of it. Keep the home fires burning while your hearts are yearning. Though your lands are far away, they dream of home. There's a silver lining through the dark cloud shining. Turn the dark cloud inside out till the boys come home. And then it just stopped, and all you heard was the fire... Mm -hmm. I just it sat was, there watching it, and I almost felt the heat. Yeah, it was a wide shot, so you saw everybody around the fire. A high shot, so you could see how, how tall the was. fire was. And, and it, you just felt the heat from it. Mm -hmm. It was a very it, powerful moment. And then was. they just cut. Uh, we do see a post-commercial last scene, right. which is the next morning. Some people are still huddled around the ashes of this fire. And Colonel Potter. We have to keep things going like regular. Come on, Radar. It's in here somewhere. 
Oh, here it is. And he pulls out his bugle and does his best, which Chaps. is, you know, Reveille. Oh, Reveille, yeah. Technically. Colonel Potter says... I think it sounds a little bit better. It sounds a little bit better. <laughs> so... It's great, great episode. I love very, this episode. Yeah, very interesting episode. Um, of Last Laugh and War of Nerves, I like War of Nerves just a little bit better. Oh, I do too. It, it's one that I think of when I think of MASH. Mm -hmm. It's it, one yeah. of the episodes when I think of like all of the shows, it's one of my go-to piece shows that I think of. Sure. You, know, I you can have see your that. five that you mm -hmm. usually think of. Yeah. This is one sure. for me. Okay. Uh, guest cast, Alan Arvis as Major Sidney Friedman, Michael O'Keefe as Patient Tom, John Hamer as Sergeant Zelmo Zale, and Jeter Riegert as Igor Straminsky. That was not Igor. I thought it was Igor. It was not we're... Igor who was setting up the fire with him. Okay. It was somebody else. I, I think there's a missing some missing stuff on this wikia page i should really start updating some of these <laughs> with what i have um but anyway the production code was y106 this was another alan alda episode so written and directed by alan you can feel alda. the darkness of it the, yeah the he like he has just this depth to mm -hmm. him so when it's an alan alda one you know it because it mm. has like a deeper yeah you know it's not it, it goes across a greater emotional spectrum, I right, think. Instead right. of just being a normal sitcom episode... It, it's a little deeper. It's a little deeper. It delves into more of the feels, I'm going to say. Emotions, yeah. Yeah. Um, despite that, I don't really think that Alan Alda's character was central to this one. Mm -hmm. Which, the past few times he's written and directed, it's very Hawkeye-centric. Which is interesting. I, I would not have guessed that this was an Alan Alda episode based on who the main who character the main was. Ca no. Because and, yeah, BJ wasn't really either. I mean, it was... Yeah, who would you call the main character in Sydney. this episode? Yeah, that's what I would have said, too. Um, original air date was October 11th, 1977. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Good week to join <laughs> us. Yeah. Good week to start watching because these are great episodes. Let us know what you think. I, yeah, and you know, to be fair, we say that about a lot of episodes. Is that they're great episodes? But that's because <laughs> we love it. We do, you know. <laughs> we wouldn't we, do this if we didn't. No, um, you know, watch these episodes uh, if you can. Uh, I don't think they're on Netflix anymore, but I would assume that another streaming service has picked them up somewhere. If nothing else, I'm sure that you can get the seasons off of like Amazon. I know that they had a box set out a few years back. I would assume you can still get that off of Amazon. Uh, the box set that contains all the seasons, the MASH Mar Medicine and Martinis collection. Yeah, Medicine and Martinis collection. Yeah, if you're enjoying listening to us, I would really encourage you to watch the episodes either before or after you listen to our podcast. Um... And tell us what you think. You know, do you agree with us? Do you not agree with us? You can do that by heading over to narclaninc.com slash whiskey and mash or just narclaninc.com. Navigate to the podcast section. Click on the whiskey and mash link. So you go over to the whiskey and mash page. And there are two links on the page. One for an email. That'll open up your email client and start an email to us. 
uh, another one that'll direct you over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash whiskey and mash. If you want to check out other episodes that we've done, we have our entire back catalog available on that narclaninc.com slash whiskey and mash page. You can download the raw MP3s or stream them right from the website. Otherwise, if you do the podcast thing, you can head over to iTunes, search for whiskey and mash or your favorite podcast application. Same thing, search for Whiskey and Mash, subscribe, or just download individual episodes there. You can also find us over on Stitcher Radio, Whiskey and Mash. Great. I think I'm getting better at this. Oh, yeah. I can't believe you did that. (laughs) So until next time, I'm Chris. I'm Gloria. Have a good week. Have a good week. Outro music starts here. Oh, got a busy week this week, or? Mm, not too much. Not too much. Yeah. Uh, hi, Yeah, you're, you're going to France. When? Saturday. Saturday? Saturday morning. Okay. okay. So, yeah. I have to get going on my packing, so see you later. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye.